0: not okay with that
1: you hear me you hear me Chad? i'm not okay i, I with hear
0: that. you you okay. are you're, you're okay with that right that's what you said do
1: i make myself clear <laughs> do i make myself clear
0: yes you do very clear crystal
1: thank you there you go crystal <laughs> crystal clear This is episode sixty of the Movie Bite podcast, where we discuss praise, lament, or lampoon movies, TV shows, and more. Today is Wednesday, September eleventh, two thousand thirteen. I'm your host TJ, and he hasn't killed anyone yet today, as far as I know. It is Chad Hopkins. Hello, hey Chad, how's it going?
0: It's going all right. No, do- I don't think I've killed anybody today either. So,
1: anybody dropped you off on any strange planets lately? Uh, left- not left recently. For dead? Okay. <laughs> all right well good good it's it's good to hear that your day's been going okay although it didn't seem to bother riddick too much when he got left on that planet it just kept right on going until that killer storm apparently
0: (laughs) well we can't all be as awesome as vin diesel
1: (laughs) i guess (laughs) if if you call if you call him awesome sure he's fine (laughs) he's fine uh hey you want to talk about some trailers sure let's do it let's do it In a world. All right, so this week we have a few trailers, a couple of trailers. We have a new Runner Runner trailer, a new Gravity trailer, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. trailer, uh, the RoboCop trailer is finally here, and uh, we have a S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, it uh, out of the bag in a new promo. I'm trying to read my own notes here. All right, so let's start with the Runner Runner trailer. This is a film starring Ben Affleck and, of all people, um, Justin Timberlake. Um, and uh, I, sure, I don't know. Uh, also, Gemma Arterton, I guess I should mention. Um, I not, don't really care, but here's a clip. <laughs> Everyone gambles. If you're risking something, you're gambling. And if you're gambling, block some guy you want to see. Welcome
0: aboard. <laughs> we have the greatest business model in the world. 700,000 players. We're doing $9 million a day. Yeah, for it?
1: All right, so, you can kind of see where this is going already. Um, which in previous trailers, they've kind of made mention of the fact that this kid was actually in college and dropped out to go be a part of this, uh, this, uh, what would you say, a gambling operation where they're ripping people off?
0: Um, so, I guess so. I uh, mean, it's not entirely clear on what's going on.
1: No. Uh, but you know, it's Justin Timberlake, so everybody's going to be interested, right? Or something.
0: It's, well, you know, um, The only thing I've really seen Justin Timberlake in before is The Social Network, which is easily one of my uh, top movies. Uh, I I love that movie, and he's great in it. Um, So, I mean, I I wouldn't discount the movie because he's in it, but Gemma Arterton... uh, uh, I, I don't care her, much for her. They'll, really admittedly. The only thing I've really seen her in is, uh, Prince of Persia, which wasn't a great movie. But, I have uh, not
1: seen Prince of Persia. Uh, let me see what else she's been. in. I know that she was in one film that I didn't think that lowly of, uh, she was in quantum of solace. That's where I first saw her. She was in Hansel. Oh, Redolf. I've seen that. Thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there was a film that she was in that I wanted to see, uh, but I didn't know if I would actually like it. It just looked like – in fact, I figured I probably wouldn't. I just kind of wanted to wish that I might like it. It was um, uh, Byzantium. Oh, yeah? Uh, but I never did see that, and uh, I assume that's probably out on home video by now. But, uh, probably. Anyway, runner, runner, what else has JT been in here? Um, he was in Trouble with the Curve. Excuse uh. me. <clears throat> he, was, uh, he was not terrible in Trouble with the Curve. Uh, but neither was he like, uh, you, you know, didn't, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Didn't, didn't knock my socks off
0: yeah, either. I mean, the movie wasn't that great, but I mean, it was okay, but
1: yeah, trouble with the curve was okay. It wasn't, you're right. It wasn't terrible. This says he was in, or he's known for get smart I mean, and I've get I'm, smart. Yeah. I like get smart and I've, he's it, not in get smart. I know. I don't know what this, what IMDB is trying to tell me, get smart. Oh, 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 he was I see. It, so, um, you know, how IMDb has that known for section and it says known for Love Actually, Get Smart, Bad Boys 2, Shark Tales. Well, if you, I finally found it, he's down here. He was the one of the writers for the song 4 Minutes with uh, Madonna. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, I I had forgotten about that. So, uh <clears throat> and of course they use that song in Get Smart. Yeah. So, Um, Ben Affleck, Jim Arterton, Justin Timberlake and Runner Runner Um, it's not a film that I'm greatly looking forward to or anything like that it is rated R Um, I don't know, we're coming out on October 4th what do you think, you gonna see it?
0: if we talk about it on the podcast
1: (laughs) other than that I'm not very interested yeah well I don't know, I can't even remember let me pull up Trello here are we gonna be reviewing that?
0: I don't remember it popping up.
1: Uh, runner, runner. I don't see it.
0: Let me do a search. I think that's the same way Gravity comes out. So Gravity definitely takes precedence.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and speaking of Gravity, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the new Gravity trailer, since we're already talking about it. It's a nice little segue.
0: Yeah.
1: Here we go. Uh oh, so this, this trailer starts out with black and white text. At three hundred and twenty-seven miles above the earth there is nothing to carry sound, no air pressure, no oxygen, life in space. is impossible.
0: Ah! Explore's been hit. Explore, do you read? Ah! Explore no. over. Explore. Ah! 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 Astronaut is off structure. What do I the
1: do? Ah! Don't impact. Do? So obviously that's gonna be a little bit intense. Yeah, um, I saw. Uh, apparently, David Chen got an early screening of the film. Uh, he is the uh, host, one of the co-hosts of the Slash Filmcast, and you know he's he's a bigwig like that. He gets to listen to all, you know see all those things and. Anyway, uh, he, he said that it was an, a trim, an awesome film. I can't remember the exact wording, but he used some modifier that, that was more than just it was a good film. <laughs> um, and, uh, so he, he, he said something like he'd been waiting for this film all his life and didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. that's a lot to live up to for me. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, see, the thing is, like, I don't know, like, exactly where you can go with this sort of film, but apparently you can go somewhere with it. So, yeah. um, they're, they're taking it wherever it's going to go. And David Chen was happy with it.
0: Yeah. The guys over at collider.com, uh, another movie site, uh, all saw it this week at the TIFF tiffcon uh, convention or whatever it is. And yeah. they all said Film similar yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so- I, I'm excited. I haven't even watched a trailer cause I'm trying to sort of start avoiding those so I can have as open an experience in the theater as I can, you know? Well, I'm, I'm very it, excited.
1: Yeah, I'm expecting it to be pretty intense. Um, interesting. Uh, George Clooney, I believe, is going to be in this movie. Although we haven't, uh-huh. he, he was in one of the early trailers, and I have not seen him in a trailer since. So, me like, I almost wonder if it's a bit role, but they're just billing him because you know um, it helps get people into the theater. Um, so let me let me do a search here. Gravity. If I could spell, it would be helpful. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, George Clooney. Obviously Sandra Bullock though is the um is gonna be the primary in this film and she was the voice you heard panicking when her thing broke and she was flying out into space. Very intense. So um yeah. I don't know, it's definitely hearing uh, David Chen, uh, seeing David Chen tweet about it and hearing some other, you know, high-profile people talking positively about it has certainly raised my expectations. And that's never, like, it's always a mixed bag if I raise my expectations, even if I don't want to. Like, I try to keep my expectations down, but the mixed bag is, well, if your expectations get too high, then you'll enjoy the film less than if you were not actually looking forward to the film, right? Right. So that's, that's kind of the thing that I'm trying to fight. And it's like, and especially, you know, running movie bite. I mean, you're talking about not trying to see the trailers. I mean, <laughs> but yet you, you, you're on a film podcast and you write movie reviews. So it's, it's hard not to, not to spoil it in that way sometimes. I, yeah. you know, so, um, anyway, uh, gravity that's, that's, uh, coming up. Um, when did I say that was coming up on the October the 4th is when we'll see gravity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking to see if there's anybody, since there's been early reviews, uh, the tomato meter here is at 96% um, for uh, the critics. Um, it has had 24 reviews so far. And so only one That's of them good. was rotten and 23 were fresh. And I'm trying to see if there's any names I recognize in this film critic list. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sam Wolf, we got this covered. I've recognized the site. didn't recognize the guy. Um, oh, William Goss at film.com is positive. Um, Joe Blow, uh, Chris Bumbray is, uh, gave it a positive review, uh, hit Fix, uh, drew McQueenie gave it a positive review. So, I mean, you know, not trying to raise your expectations cause I know what that means. And yet at the same time, it does raise your expectations. So, yeah. um, all right, well, let's, let's move on to another thing that I'm really excited about and just can't help it. And that's the agents of shield trailer. Here we go
0: we can't explain everything we see the world
1: is full of wonders
0: Tuesdays this fall we're the line between world and a much weirder world
1: i'm not going back in the field
0: this isn't a combat op you
1: alright? we'll deal with that later at length so that's part of the trailer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of the most recent trailers, uh, and they're starting to produce trailers at a rate that I cannot keep up with them and keep posting them on Movie <laughs> Uh but I do try to post the ones that look really good, and this one you know, was really good. It had the epic music much more in line with what I would want from the cinematic Marvel universe in a TV show rather than that pop music they were going with a couple of trailers ago. Um, yeah. So, and then toward the end of this trailer, agent Colson says, uh, to somebody that, you know, somebody says to him, well, you had a hundred at your disposal. And he says, now I have a hand, put, hand picked handpicked team. And yes, they're that good, you know? So,
0: yeah, I'm very excited. I don't know if we've said that enough on the podcast. No, you can never I, say I, that enough about a Joss Whedon <laughs> TV show, but I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Joss Whedon is the man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I suppose talking more about Joss Whedon TV shows would be beating you know the dead horse some more because we've talked about it quite a bit. I know you and I have talked about it. I know Joe and I have talked about it. I know, I've believe I've talked about it with Fizz when he's been on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll move on. Uh, the RoboCop trailer. I, I was in the middle. I was, you know, I knew we were approaching seven o'clock when you and I had said we were going to start, and I was trying to get rewatch all these trailers, and I didn't get to this one yet. So. I'm going to watch it a little bit of it too to remind myself about it while you listen to a clip of it. Ooh, this following preview has been approved for appropriate audiences. Here we go. You
0: ready? This detective Alex Murphy officer
1: down. We are on the eve of a technological revolution. Samuel L. Jackson.
0: We need to give the Americans a figure they can rally behind. Us. Give your mom a kiss. Hi, baby. Too slow, boy. All
1: right, so I'm going to go ahead and stop it here. Obviously, this is heading towards uh, this guy becoming Robocop who is not uh, – hasn't been killed yet or whatever it is that happens. I, I'm not really that familiar with the Robocop franchise in general. I just know that it features a cop that was either seriously injured or dead, and they you know, put all this stuff on him and – you know, it basically the question is whether it controls him or he controls it. Uh, you know, the old uh, old film starred Peter Weller, uh, who was recently in Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is kind of a remake of that. Uh, I don't recognize the guy, Jose P- Padilla. I believe that's the top build guy. Let me make sure I've got that right. Uh, who is going to be playing RoboCop. Um, RoboCop. Or maybe hang on. Yeah, no, no, no. I've got that wrong. It's Joel Kinneman. Uh, who's going to be playing uh, RoboCop? Um, but the film also is going to be starring. Uh, oh, I see where I, made, I. I wasn't reading carefully enough. Directed by Jose Padija uh, stars Joel Kinnaman, Gary Oldman, Michael Keaton, Abby Cornish, and of course, you heard Samuel L. Jackson in there. I don't know. What do you What do you think?
0: I didn't uh, like you. I haven't seen the original films, so I, I have no attachment to the franchise. The trailer looks interesting. I, I really like the premise of. Um, man fighting sort of an inner machine rather than a uh, physical man versus physical machine separate. You know uh, I, I think that could be really interesting, but the only question I have is um, what is the actual story here? Is the robot being told to like commit crimes or something? Because they talk about later in the trailer, how, it gives the man combined with the robot, the illusion of free will. And right. There's definitely a
1: big brother aspect going on here. And I think that they're playing it up so much in the trailer. I think that's at least what they want us to think for now. What the film is about is about him fighting, fighting the, the, the man, you know?
0: Right. So I'm just curious to see what direction the story is going to take, whether the organization that created the RoboCop is doing, uh, Things that they shouldn't be doing and he's fighting against that or uh, whatever else. But I, I am interested.
1: Yeah, I'm surprisingly, I, at first I wasn't because, you know, pff, RoboCop, who cares? But <laughs> I certainly think this trailer has piqued my interest a little bit more than I would have expected. Um, uh, yeah, and, and certainly the, like the cast, uh, Gary Oldman, uh, and to some extent Michael Ke- Keaton. Um, what, have, what else have we seen Joel Kinnaman and I've heard that name. Uh, but, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Um, see if I can find out real quick. This is the beauty of, of having the Internet at your fingertips while you do a show. Um, mm. was it? Robocop, The Killing. Mm, I'm not recognizing any of these. I know I've heard the name before, though, so I don't know. I'm not recognizing anything on this list that I'm seeing uh, on IMDb.
0: I don't recognize the name either. Um, I'm trying to load it, but Campus Internet's pretty slow, you know?
1: Oh, all right, well, uh, so that's RoboCop. Uh, definitely going to be interesting to check out. Uh, let me see if I can get a release date for, the, for you on that. I never remember to put the release date in my post when I post these trailers. RoboCop uh, 1987, that is not the one we want. February 7th, 2014. There you go. So look for that in 2014 on the 7th of February, and uh, I'll be keeping tabs on the trailers and posting those on Movie Byte. One more trailer, this is actually a promo, um, this is called, uh, it's, it's a behind the scenes, I called it, uh, "Shields out of the bag in the new promo for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: This is post-Avengers, and now we're in a world where a lot of the things that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been keeping secret from the population, they're a bit out of the bag after the Battle of New York. People know that there are Asgardians, and you know, this gigantic green guy, and They'd had some ideas about Hulk, but it's just it's a, it's a world where,
1: uh, you know, an alien invasion has happened. And- so that's it's always fun, I think, to hear the cast talk about uh, their roles in the t- t- show. And, and of course, uh, I was, I've been a big Agent Colson fan and was sad when he, you know, quote unquote, died in the Avengers. So he's, uh-huh. he's back and he's he's, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to be in for some fun.
0: Yeah, just real quick, there are two things from the promo that I really liked. I liked that opening statement about how this is post-Avengers and it's sort of out of the bag now. It's something that makes sense, but I hadn't thought about the ramifications of the Avengers before, where, where the superheroes and the Hulk and Thor and all of that uh, were sort of quiet. I mean, they weren't public knowledge necessarily at the time. Now they are. And it's a big deal. And it it just sort of hit me as I watched. And that seems really cool. And then later, when Joss Whedon pops up uh, in the promo, he talks about how the TV show will hopefully be weaving in and around the movies that are coming up in the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh, that that sort of confirms something that I've been hoping for uh, is uh, just a little bit more interaction between the TV show and the films. And I think that'll be a really cool dynamic.
1: Yeah, definitely. And 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 you know, it, it it is a different dynamic than we're kind of used to. Even you you know even from Joss Whedon who uh you know, did Angel and uh, Buffy and in those shows uh the secret uh was more well kept about who the slayer was or vampires and stuff. The the most of the world didn't know anything about them and so it was kind of, you know, things were always done in secrecy. You know, uh not connected in any way to this, but just another uh a couple of TV shows that I really love, Stargate SG1 and Stargate Atlantis. Uh, the Stargate program was always kept secret from the public. Uh, so that's this kind of a theme that runs through a lot of TV shows and things. And this is maybe not taking that approach is kind of what I'm getting is the world knows about this. So we're, it's all out in the open and that's how we're going to play this show. I mean, that, I think that's interesting and exciting to do something a little different there. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thus endeth Trailer Byte. Uh, so you can, you can of course, catch all the links for all those trailers in the show notes. Uh, the show notes for this episode will be at moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 60, because this is our 60th episode. Uh, so, um, that's interesting. My phone just said uh, that I got a, f- you requested a new Facebook password recently. That's I got strange. a text, reset code for Facebook. Yikes. Is somebody trying to hack my account? Uh, it's me oh you're you're trying to hack my account (laughs) while we're doing this show um so i can log into facebook just fine all right i'll deal with this later or it could just be spam i don't know but i'm getting emails and password reset code in text messages that's really odd all right excuse me uh so have you seen the Bourne films i have good four of them why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on here with Bourne?
0: Okay, well, with the original trilogy, you had uh, the second two were directed by Paul Greengrass, I believe, and uh, they were great. The original trilogy is a great, great trilogy of films. And then along they come a few years later, and they released the Born Legacy, uh, starring Jeremy Renner as Not Born, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, Not
1: Born. I like that. <laughs>
0: and it it wasn't very good. I think you agree with me on that. Uh, I, I did I did not care for it fully and totally um and so there was a rumor floating around that paul greengrass from the original trilogy and matt damon who played jason Bourne in the original trilogy might be returning to the franchise um and this article that we have here dashes all of our hopes and dreams and we are not going to be seeing any more from greengrass at least he doesn't really say much about damon but i I, i'd assume the same goes for him and Well, I, mean,
1: it, I, I just think I think they've probably made him mad, and just on principle, he's not going to come back.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, I'd love to see him come back. Oh, I would too. I, I, I'm hopeful, but I'm doubtful, and so I think there's we'll so see. much
1: more they could do there. But but you know, I think that they kind of. You know, and I've, I've seen people shoot themselves, the, the Hollywood executives and, and the people up there in the in the high places, I've seen them shoot themselves in the foot like this before. I consider X-Men The Last Stand the same sort of shooting in the foot that happened with the Bourne series where they went ahead without the blessing of the some of the original people, without some of the original cast. Um, and and what do you know? It kind of killed the franchise, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. And and uh, you know, I compare it to The Last Stand because The Last Stand was a terrible X Men film. And uh, the Brian Singer directed the first two, and they were awesome films. And then he was not available; he was off shooting Superman Returns. And he and basically it was well, you'll have to wait or get somebody else. And they chose to get somebody else, and it was a terrible idea. And <laughs> kind of yeah. we're, we're just now the X Men franchise is just now maybe being able to recover from that with Brian Singer back at the home so i i think they've done the same thing here although i think it, the damage is far worse with yeah. legacy um legacy i think really nailed the coffin shut on the franchise and you know i think they've made green grass mad and they've made bo- uh born uh damon. Matt, matt damon mad and uh yeah i don't i don't think they're going to want to come back and do more born films and, and really where do you go now that you've got matt cross in the mix it's just a mess
0: yeah it's just a mess I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with this franchise. I'd love to see Damon come back, but I, I don't expect it Yeah, and I,
1: I expect him to be in the same boat as Greengrass is here, where Greengrass is basically... Let, let's see, what what did he say exactly? Uh, when, when Empire asked Greengrass about the rumors of his return, he said, I have absolutely no idea. I'm not being funny, but no, that's just, not, that's just a figment of someone's imagination. When Empire persisted about when the last time he discussed the possibility of another sequel with the studio, the director also stonewalled. Quite a while ago, we might have we might have a laugh about it, but a serious conversation, not for a long time. Hmm. So that's, yeah, dashing our hopes and dreams. Interestingly, uh, the one of the films I'm looking forward to that might hopefully bring us out of the slump that we're in in movies is um, Captain Phillips, and Paul Greengrass is the director of Captain Phillips. Oh, that's right. So that's going to be fun. Um yeah i hope so yeah i i definitely felt like uh the middle uh born film uh of the of the three not in, <laughs> it wouldn't be the middle of right. the fourth supremacy but, um, supremacy i thought it maybe was the weakest link but he really came back and did a good job with the third one so i'm I'm definitely looking forward to captain phillips yeah. and, I, and i wish he'd come back to the born franchise i wish they could figure out a way to bring matt damon back and pretend like born legacy doesn't exist <laughs> um so let's uh let's see if i can get into a little bit of trouble here chad you ready
0: yeah, let's see. Uh, let's
1: I, I I got into a little trouble, and now uh, those who maybe listen but don't read instead of those who read but don't listen, maybe I'll get into trouble with my listening audience now, too. Um, <clears throat> and I did that by saying that I had never watched the Terminator films. Um and that I also uh, poo pooed James Cameron uh, and uh, so here's here's the deal, Alan Taylor uh, to direct the next Terminator film. Alan Taylor has officially claimed the Iron Throne, the Game of Thrones director whose big budget Marvel project Thor: The Dark World go- opens this fall. The footage we saw at D23 was officially quite good. Uh, has been named the director of the next Terminator film from Annapurna Pictures and Paramount. The next entry in the in the time traveling Cy- uh, cyborgs fa- franchise is scheduled to be released in the summer of two thousand fifteen <clears throat> because we had no other films coming out two thousand fifteen. Uh, <laughs> along with every other huge, mo- uh, oh, he's saying it here in this article with along with every other huge movie ever. Uh, so man, my phone is blowing up over here about my Facebook password reset. Wow, it's scary. Uh, all right, so. And so here's, here's the thing, though, for me. And this is kind of where I started getting into trouble. So I said, yeah, here's the thing. And then I quote, uh, the new Terminator feature, which doesn't name and have a name or even a subtitle yet, is being written by James Cameron. And I stopped the quote right there. And I said, wait, stop right there. I'm out. I don't want anything more to do with this film if James Cameron is involved. He's the guy responsible for the Avatar thing. And that's where I got into trouble because I haven't seen Avatar. And that's that's a fair point. I haven't seen Avatar. It just looks incredibly stupid to me. <laughs> So, Fizz Fizz took issue with me, if you guys were wondering who one of the people was that was getting on my case. Uh, But then it came out that I hadn't seen any of the Terminator films, because, ew, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, So, have you seen any Terminator films? I haven't, but
0: it's not for uh, disdain for the franchise. It's just, I haven't... I'd never gotten around to it. And.
1: Okay. Well, I am going to see. I mean, they are on my list, and I do have a long list of films. I mean, the thing is, is like, how do you balance, okay, I'm watching all the new movies that come out versus I want to catch up on some of the old classics that I missed out on. I mean, I remember Terminator was one of those films that my dad liked, but we kids were not allowed to watch it. Um, right. And so it just never came back up to the forefront, you know, because by the time I got old enough to watch whatever movies I wanted, um, or you probably could have even watched it while I was still at home and a teenager, but, you know, it just never came up. It's like, you know, there's other movies that are, you know, more interesting or coming out or whatever. So, um, yeah, you know, so, yeah, I, I don't know whether I should be excited about this or not. I guess I'll get back to you after I've seen the rest of the Terminator franchise, which who knows when that'll be
0: right. I mean, uh, as far as James Cameron goes, we, we've we sort of talked about him and his poor writing in the past on the on the show, but right, um, yeah, but really, I mean, looking at his at his track record, he is successful. Uh, Terminator and Terminator Two, uh, while neither of the neither of us have seen them, they are considered classics in the genre, as well as Aliens and then Titanic. Um, the dialogue isn't necessarily great, but the story behind it, I think, is pretty good. I, I really enjoy Titanic. I'll admit that. Um, I mean, I, I don't think he's just because James Cameron's the one writing that we should sort of snub our noses at it despite avatar.
1: Okay. All right. Well, he did, he did write avatar. I'm looking here, uh, terminator three rise of the machines. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, I'm trying to decipher IMDB here a little bit. Uh, it says characters in parentheses. I don't know what that means. Uh, Titanic, written by James Cameron. Um, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, written by James Cameron. And, of course, he was the um, director of Aliens, not Alien. Aliens, I believe, is the second one. Um, if, and that, if that's correct, I've seen it. I saw the first two Alien films. I hated them both. Um, yes, yes, I know, I know. Um, and <laughs> uh, But but I may have liked the second one a little bit better. So maybe I shouldn't give him such a hard rap. But, you know, there you go. So he, he directed... Um, or he wrote, uh, did he direct too? I can't remember. I know he which? wrote Aliens. I think he directed yes, it. Yes, there um, we go. He directed Aliens as well. All right. So, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to give the Terminator franchise a try whenever I get time, but it's not something that's really high on my priority list either. I'm much more looking forward to some of the new movies coming out in the film, uh, in the, in the film, in the theater. You know, if I could <laughs> talk, that's what I really meant to say. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm going to take this one to Chad, which is the, uh, uh, Roland Emmerich thing. Um. And my headline for this was Roland Emmerich to Stargate fans drop dead. And let (laughs) me, let me explain this a little bit. Uh, and I, I did say, okay, my headline may have been a bit harsh, but that's the way I read it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so this is according to Darren over at GateWorld.net. Roland Emmerich, who directed and co-wrote the original 1994 film, is optimistic that the pitch for a rebooted Stargate movie trilogy will go forward. But a new interview with Digital, but in a new interview with Digital Spy, he did not say that the studio has officially given the project a green light. Which that there was a rumor going around that it had. Uh, he says we do know that Emmerich and co-writer Dean Devlin haven't given up hopes on a big-budget movie trilogy, which was their original plan for the MGM before MGM acquired the rights to the Stargate to Stargate and turned it into a television franchise in 1997. <laughs> um, the proposed trilogy would have nothing to do; would not have anything to do with SG One and the television continuity, and that's the part where I'm just like, yeah, come on, seriously. And I know, like, he's never famously. He was not happy that his movie had been turned into a television franchise, and frankly, the television franchise is far better, far better than the movie ever thought about being. So um, the movie, frankly, is really only necessary to establish the beginning of the continuity to me, uh, and then then the TV series is far better choice. But that's I think that's why I'm upset about this. I know. you Have you seen the original Stargate movie? I haven't. Hmm. Have you seen any of the Stargate TV shows? No. I, I think I've asked you this before, haven't I? Probably. Yeah. That's uh, it's too bad for you. <laughs> you, you, you. I mean, it's your life. You can do whatever you want, man, but you're really missing out. I mean, it's just, you're missing out. It's uh, Stargate SG-1. Yes, it could be a little cheesy at times. It was, you know, a product of its era. It started in 1997, and TV was really only starting to get, in my opinion, um, TV was much more of a mixed bag the further back you go. Like, Uh um, because it was it was viewed as such a separate medium from uh, from cinematic storytelling. And the more cinematic storytelling you can bring to television, the better it is. And in fact, nowadays, there's some television that exceeds the possibilities of what can be done in the theater. Now, don't get me wrong. I love cinema. Right. But you can you can tell really great story arcs over the course of seasons. And, and, and Stargate SG-1 really started to do that, especially in its later seasons. Uh, Stargate Atlantis had a whole kind of an arc over the entire show. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm waxing eloquent about one of my favorite TV shows here. Uh, the point is that uh, Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich want to come and start it fresh again with Stargate and pretend like the TV shows never happened. And I'm not okay with that. Not okay with that. You hear me? Ch- you hear me, Chad? I'm not. okay I, I, with I that. hear
0: you. You okay. are. You're, you're okay with that, right? That's what you said. Do
1: I make myself clear? <laughs> do I make myself clear?
0: Yes, you do. Very clear, Crystal.
1: Thank you. There you go, Crystal. <laughs> Crystal, clear. I take it you've seen a few good men. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, this was one you might be interested in, Chad. Why don't you tell us a little bit about
0: it? Okay, so. I think it was last week we mentioned we, we talked about the possibility of Benedict Cumberbatch being cast in the latest Star Wars uh, uh, film, Star Wars 7, uh, which is another one of the big releases of 2015. And um, apparently he has spoken out and said, no, I he he didn't exactly say no. He's been very he said, careful. <laughs> no casting has been officially announced essentially and yes we'll just have to wait and see and stuff like that i mean he he's very just sort of he's not uh, official officially confirming or denying uh I, I guess is the best way to say it and so i mean whatever it, it's not off the table and i'd still love to see him in it so if it happens awesome if not we'll see what happens but
1: yeah, and, and here's kind of my kind of opinion right now. Um, I, I I think that he's been careful to say, just to, to word his to, to to word his words to say his words <laughs> in such a way that it doesn't rule out the possibility, which tells me that, there, that, that indeed there is no deal locked, but that I think that there have been conversations for sure, and okay. um, I, I would like to think that maybe he could become a Sith Lord. A lot of a lot of people are throwing around uh, Admiral Thrawn from the extended Star Wars universe book things and I don't just, I, you know my only question with that is, is how closely are they going to follow the expanded universe stuff like I, I, I don't even expect them to really uh, yeah. maybe maybe but at the same time we we kind of think that they're casting for um, Han and Leia's kids which are in the books and that they would have the same names I believe is even been rumored so I don't know maybe there could be some continuity with the books or maybe we could come and tell stories like 30 years after the books in the expanded universe I mean who knows what they're going to do but and, and whether you know whether uh, Cumberbatch would look good with blue skin and red eyes, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would like to see him as a, a bad guy of some sort in this film.
0: I'd yeah, agree. I mean, I think I think they could pull it off if they did pull stuff from the expanded universe. I, I definitely agree that I don't think they'll follow stories from the expanded universe too closely. But yeah. I, I could definitely see JJ taking characters. And creating his own stories and situations. I think that could work pretty well.
1: Kind of, you know, maybe even more of what we've seen with Star Trek where he takes the the aspects of it that he likes and then mixes in his own. But I think he'd have even more liberty to do that here because there's nothing saying, as far as I know, and and Star Wars nerds, please, uh, please email uh, somebody else about this. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. You can send me your email. Um, (laughs) but, uh, as far as, as I know, um, there's nothing saying that the books have to be a canon that the films would ever stick to or be a part of. So, you you know, and we've seen it before. I mean, um, even though there has been officially commissioned star Trek books, for instance, um, you know, movies have completely obliterated what happened in those books. So, right. You you know, um, (laughs) i think the same i think we're gonna see the same thing here the books should never be considered a a major part of the canon in any in any way shape or form you know they're just fun and you know people can have fun with them but they're kind of their own thing yeah in any event i would love to see cumberbatch in star wars 7 so i hope that he's being coy with good reason and not you know it's not just i hope he's not i hope he's not (laughs) telling the truth i don't know uh yeah. so speaking of Star Wars, there is a possible title on the table for Star Wars Seven, uh although we should treat this as a rumor. Uh but as of right now I have uh this is uh, Gabriel Gray over at Talkbacker, which I'd never heard of before I saw this. Uh as of right now, I have two sources confirming this information as accurate. So with that in mind, I bring to you uh the title that I'm hearing is Are you ready for this? Star Wars seven, a New Dawn. How's that how does that how does that fit? How do you like that? I don't think it's awful. Um, it mm. could, they, they could certainly have worse titles. And yeah, and 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 here's the thing: like, I have always felt like the Star Wars titles were way too on the nose for me uh i mean take take for instance well so, so one at the same time i don't want to be hypocritical because one of my favorite films uh, star trek 2 the wrath of khan that title is really on the nose like the wrath of khan <laughs> i mean that's just like beat you over the head with it i'm just not a fan of that like but but every one of the star wars titles have really been kind of like on the nose like that like a new hope the empire strikes back return of the jedi attack of the clones revenge of the sith so by that reckoning a new hope uh, i'm sorry a new dawn fits into that mold um so I'm, I'm not ruling it out, uh, but uh, it would be, I, I wrote here, it'd be interesting to see how J.J. reacts to having a colon in the title. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, I loved in your article how you completely avoided mention of uh, a certain first film in a certain uh, not-so-great trilogy.
1: Oh are 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 you uh, you noticed that did you I, that was that I was did. completely on purpose. <laughs> yes, very on purpose. And I didn't mention it here either when I read off the list. I assumed as much. But there was no pod racing involved. All gun all gun guns were killed with prejudice. Uh so uh, a new dawn is the possible title, the rumored title for uh the new Star Wars film. Uh you know, and we all know JJ's pretty secretive and there's nothing saying that he might not have seeded this as a possible title just to throw people off the scent of whatever the real title is. So, yeah. All right. Uh, this one is going to be of interest to you perhaps, because I know you're a big fan of the back to the future, uh, franchise and Leah Thompson had a pretty big role in the back to the future franchise in all three films. Well, mostly in the first two films and a little bit of a, of a role in the third film. Um, but she has been cast in the upcoming film, uh, the upcoming reboot, uh, Left Behind, uh, joining Nicholas Cage, Quentin Aaron, uh, Jordan Sparks, Cassie Thompson, Chad Michael Murray, and Nikki Whelan. Uh, and this is a this is a story. For those of you who don't know, the Left Behind is a story of a group of survivors during the first few hours after the Rapture. Did you ever see the first one? I didn't, and I've never Good. read the books either. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> um yeah i mean it's to me uh it's it's always just been purely bad theology
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i've never really had interest in it either but uh
1: i, I don't know what to think of
0: the casting i, I like leah thompson i have admittedly haven't seen her in a lot outside of back to the future um but nicholas cage uh, I don't dislike him necessarily, but he's not the greatest actor out there. And then you have right. people like Chad, Michael Murray, who were popular when I was in middle school <laughs> I and don't even know Jordan who Sparks, who was sort of a musician for a few months. I, I think
1: I actually like her music. Uh,
0: not, she, not, okay. not
1: all of it, but some of it.
0: Right. Um, I've, I've never really listened admittedly, so I guess I can't knock her too hard. Um, but it it, it just seems like a strange cast to compile together. And, I mean, it makes sense that they're rebooting this franchise. Um, I, well, I never saw them. I was reading up on this earlier today when you posted the article and uh, I read that the original film trilogy had pretty low production values. It just wasn't like done well. And so rebooting it maybe with higher production values in mind makes sense, especially for the audience that the books and the films do have. So, I mean, I'm not completely against it, but i I, I I'm not interested in it. I mean, the books certainly have an audience that I'm not necessarily a part of. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. I just, I was just looking up, uh, Jordan Sparks. The reason she's somewhat famous is because she won American Idol in uh, 2007, the season six of American Idol. Oh, that's right. At the age of 17. Cool. So that pro- kind of propelled her to, uh, her pop stardom. And, you know, like I said, her, her music's not terrible. So yeah. Um, yeah, the the, the Nicholas Cage casting is kind of interesting, and and I don't know what what role would I, I'm not being familiar with uh, uh with 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 uh, Left Behind. I guess it doesn't really matter, but it's like what role would she play in Left Behind? And I didn't even know like, and I I don't know. I don't even know why they're making this film. <laughs> why are they making this film? Whose idea was this? And why are I, we casting these people? <laughs> I don't know. And um, a Fizz in the ch- in the uh, in the comments of this article says uh, terrible theology plus Nick Cage. This seems like the quality of film that fits his lack of talent. <laughs> so I
0: don't necessarily agree with lack of talent. But yeah, I think I, he's
1: hard on Nick Cage for sure.
0: I think lots of people are. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I think Nicholas Cage is one of those actors that you you can only cast for certain roles. Like he's not versatile, right. but I mean he works okay in the roles that he's cast in, even if he does tend to mumble a little bit yeah so all right well this uh this next item is related to the film we're about to talk about and uh that is that there's more riddick on the way according to rob keys over at screen rant it took 10 years for a sequel to 2003's uh chronicles of riddick to become a reality and the long journey to its theatrical release involved everything from licensing hurdles and scheduling conflicts to financial woes but vin diesel and david too Tuho- Tuha- uh, passion for the character and Diesel's motiv- motivational social media fan base helped make the project a reality. And what Diesel himself described as a miracle, Riddick is back, and the star hopes it's not just a one shot and that it's the beginning of a continuation of the film franchise. In our full Oh, rid- uh, uh, <sharp inhale> Yeah. Okay. I will read that in our full Riddick interview with uh, David Twohy, and direct the director, writer, and director confirmed that he and Vin Diesel have it in their minds that the series needs two additional installments to complete the chronicles. So, uh, yeah. I mean, okay. So let me. You you haven't seen the, the first two Riddick films, right? Right. So the first one, and I, I watched them, uh, just, uh, last week actually, at the beginning of the week in preparation for, uh, Chronicles of Riddick. I mean, for, uh, Riddick. They're, they're confusingly named. <laughs> they pitch black and then they went Chronicles of Riddick and then they went just Riddick. So it's a little confusing. So Riddick 1, I refer to pitch black as um was pretty much a horror film with a little bit of action and a lot of horror and a lot of uh I mean it was shot in such a way that really just it was full of suspense and and terror and uh you're on the edge of your seat um even even in my living room which you know films that are that are action or or scary or whatever tend to have a lot less impact uh in your living room than they do in the theater Uh, Even Uh so, there was a couple of scenes I'm like, just kind of on the edge of my seat, going, "Okay, here we go." Not that I'm saying it was a great film, because it wasn't, but you know, it was definitely in that kind of a mindset, and it was it tended to be very slow moving, Um, not not a whole lot of uh, action. It was very dark um, and very uh, not very many people survived by the end of the film, so that was that was pitch black. Um, the, the special effects were a little bit bad. Um, but you know, it was, I think early 2000, like I'm sure the special effects were rendered in 1999. I think the film came out in 2000, if I'm remembering right. Uh, and that sounds correct. pitch black. So, um, yeah, 2000 is when the film came out February 18th. So yeah. So we're talking about special effects and, and, you know, we're talking about special effects rendered in 1999, uh-huh. um, but at the same time, it's like, so what, you know what, make them, make them good or don't, or, you know, do them, do them well or go home. <laughs> um, uh, so, so that was pitch black and I, you know, that film I'm thinking, uh, where I, I put this, uh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to give it one or one and a half stars if I were to rate it right now. Uh, not, not a great film, not that enjoyable. Uh, so then we have the Chronicles of Riddick. And my first thought was, wow, this is an entirely different genre. We've skipped horror altogether and gone straight to action uh, with only little bits and pieces and hints up at the original film uh, and it introduced an entirely new plot line, uh, entirely new uh, series of characters, except for Riddick himself, uh, entirely new circumstances and enemies. And and just, you know, the whole thing was kind of a mess. I, I did enjoy it a little bit better than the first than Pitch Black, just because, um, it, it had a little more to, to keep me interested than Pitch Black did. It wasn't quite as slow moving. Um, Carl Urban was in, uh, in, in, Chronicles of Riddick as a guy named Vaco Vaco Vaco. I can't remember how you pronounce his name. And, uh, he was not well utilized. Um, the film was incredibly, um, I want to say, I think sexist is the wrong word, but just, um, Cliched in how it you know the the woman was the power behind the man of of Vaco trying to get the power and and you know manipulative and stuff and uh, you know that happens I suppose that has happened but it just seemed like way too cliched um, so that was the Chronicles of Riddick I, you know uh-huh. the, the whole necromonger thing was you know that was the enemy um, was a little weird And they were from the underworld and under earth or something like that and uh, I don't know it was just a complete change from what pitch black was. So I, Uh I disliked it in that it completely changed what the franchise was um, and, and didn't seem to be connected at all to the previous Riddick film. So, so that's, that's kind of a look at the franchise before we get to the movie here, Riddick. Uh, So Riddick had, it came out on September the 6th. It had a budget of 38 million It opened to 19 million. And right now in the uh, worldwide totals, it is at 27.8 million. And Rotten Tomatoes says it may not win the franchise many new converts, but this back-to-basics outing brings Riddick fans more of the blooding, brooding sci-fi action that they've come to expect. Uh, it was directed by David high and written by David high. It stars Vin Diesel as Riddick, Jordi Mola as Santana, uh, Matt Nabel as Boss Johns, Katie Sackhoff as Dahl, uh, and Dave Bostitista... I don't know. You see as <laughs> Diaz and music by Graham revel. And, uh, just real quick here before we start talking about it. Uh, the story is that betrayed by his own kind and left for dead on a desolate planet, Riddick, planet Riddick fights for survival against alien predators and becomes more powerful and dangerous than ever before. Soon bounty hunters from throughout the galaxy descend on Riddick only find themselves pawns in his greater scheme for revenge. Uh, that's a little weird. With his enemy enemies right where he wants them, Riddick unleashes a vicious attack of vengeance before returning to his home planet of Furia to save it from destruction. That's okay. I, I quickly copied and pasted that in the, into the show outline thinking oh, I found a good enough storyline, but that's not exactly right.
0: <laughs> no, I don't remember there being revenge as no, one of his motives R- at all. Riddick didn't
1: really care about revenge, no. he just wanted to survive. Um, they wanted to go home. So, so here's here's what I find really odd. Chad is, and and, and this is a perspective you probably don't have, not having watched the first two films. Um, right. Yet again. And, and, and I will say, this this film is more of a split between what the first and second films were. Like, it has elements of both. But yet again, we have gotten away from what the storyline was. Like, the, we were kind of left almost hanging at the end of the last film. Going, okay, here's here's kind of this thing that happened. And now, all of a sudden, he's made the leader of the Necromongers because you, you keep what you kill. And he killed the king of the Necromongers. And then, all of a sudden, this film starts with him being dumped on a planet. And, and we have, like, the only look we get at the Necromongers is in flashbacks. And it just it's all very strange. Like, okay, we're just going to pretend like the last film didn't happen, except that it did happen and we're going to have flashbacks about it. Like what what I don't understand. Like what <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Yeah. It was very strange.
0: Know, it, it was a little bit confusing. Um my fault for not having watched the first two films, I but told I, you. I didn't feel like I know, I don't feel like I missed a lot though.
1: No, and I would say that it mattered less than I thought it would just given that they didn't follow up on the storyline they left hanging. Right. That makes sense. So it was all very strange. Um and uh yeah, I I mean, you know, but at the same time, I enjoyed the film on its own, you know, even though it was disconnected from the rest of the franchise. I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the plot, and Riddick, you know, he's you know, he's supposed to be be a little bit of an anti-hero, but at the same time he tends to be a little bit more heroic, maybe in his heart than he thinks he is or than he wants to be, I think, um, you know, and, and he, he he doesn't kill people for no good reason, you know, essentially. Right. <laughs> so what, what, what? let us in a little bit of your into your head a little bit there, Chad, on this film.
0: OK, um, if you haven't read my review, uh, I, I butchered the film pretty I I was not nice, I guess
1: I should say. Yeah, Um, and and that'll be in the show notes, your review. Yes. Uh, I mean,
0: part of me wanted to watch the first two films. Part of me didn't think it mattered too much. And a large part of me decided I didn't have time to watch the first two films. And so I, I went into this film not knowing anything, really. I'd seen maybe one or two trailers, and it... The whole film, I just was not interested. I didn't like what I was seeing. I didn't think anything was particularly good. Um, And I'm sure I probably would have a a different perspective and a different opinion if I had seen the first two films. But looking at this one alone, I I, I cannot say that I enjoyed it, even remotely.
1: Yeah, I mean, personally, when I'm watching a franchise film, I try to evaluate it on two different levels. One, did I enjoy the film on its own as a whole... And two, did it, did it work well in the context of the franchise? I think Riddick doesn't work as well as it should in the context of the franchise. Um, given that, yeah, the Chronicles of Riddick did happen. We should at least pretend that that movie's in the franchise. Uh, but I think it actually, I'm taking the opposite opinion of you. I think it actually worked better for me just considered on its own. Like I felt like it was better filmmaking than the previous two films and I enjoyed it. I, I was, you know, I was engaged in the plot the whole time. Um, I, you know, it's in some ways, and I have here in my notes that I liked the opening of the film and I liked, uh, I liked the whole first act really, but it did have some pacing issues, um, just a a little bit like time passed and the, like, I think what they were trying to do was use the dog that he adopted or that, that, that adopted him, however you want to put it, uh, as, oh, he's, he's a little bigger and taller now, obviously some time has passed, but it, it, it didn't. That part, and it, it, it didn't last long, this is why I didn't, didn't detract from the film much, but that part of how the time progressed was just a little bit off, so I can, can't quite put my finger on it, but it was just like, oh, that, that's that's weird, I, you know? Yeah, well, I mean,
0: there was one instance when, when he lays down in the hole to protect himself from everything that's trying to kill him, and then the next time you see him obviously a whole lot of time has passed because his scar his his cuts and wounds are healed up he's running he uh isn't struggling with uh his leg or scratches on his face or anything anymore and so uh what i kudos to the filmmakers for trying to ease new watchers into the franchise. I thought that they were really trying at the start of the film to say, okay, if you haven't watched our first two movies, this is who Riddick is. And this is the kind of guy he is. And I think that if they had cut that opening thing by like, 10 to 15 minutes, I mean, it was easily just Riddick for the first 20-25 minutes of the film, and yeah. I didn't care for that.
1: Well, and I'm going to disagree with you, because I liked that. I liked it a lot. Um, and I'm not I'm not coming at it as a Riddick fan or, or as a not a Riddick fan. I'm just coming at it as going, oh, I, I really like this. Um, they let us kind of get into Riddick's head and, and didn't feel forced, and I really liked his interaction with the uh, quote-unquote dog, the alien animal thing. I, I really liked that. I liked uh, all of that and and it really i felt like they did a good job with that because when uh spoiler alert uh when the dog is killed um you, you really kind of feel riddick's pain i i thought that part was i thought that the beginning of the film was very well done other, other than those minor pacing issues yeah, yeah. <laughs> i
0: mean i i don't really agree i i Throughout the whole film, I mean, I, I, I don't really have a lot to talk about that I liked. So if you want to interrupt with everything you liked first, that's fine. <laughs> no, I don't um, care. I'll mean, um, just let it flow as it flows. Okay. Um,
1: I, I mean, I will. Oh, oh go ahead. I'm um, Go ahead.
0: The entire film, I don't think I felt anything for any of the characters, including the dog. I liked the interactions with the dog in the uh, opening sequence when it was just uh, Riddick and dog, but everything else, I didn't care what happened to the characters. I didn't care when anybody got killed. I didn't care when the dog died. It just, I didn't feel like I was made to care for these characters, uh, care what happened to them, care what was happening in this planet, and I, I just wasn't very invested in it, and whether it's my fault for uh, walking into the theater with that mindset, I tried not to, um, or not—I I don't know. It's, it's always your fault. Always, always. <laughs> I'm um, the scapegoat.
1: I, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I will say that the film was pretty upfront with its uh, premise. Uh, I mean, the, like almost the first thing that Riddick says is, "This ain't nothing new." You know, cause right. some, some people have really kind of panned this film for being like a, a rehash of the previous two films, like just taking different elements from the previous two films and mixing them up and mixing them together and mashing them up. But I think that was very upfront with that. And I I, I thought that was oh, that was fine easily, though, eas- easily, in my opinion, the best part of the film is the first act like it, it's, you know, not not that the third act was a bad or the second act of the film was bad. But I think that easily I liked the first part of the film the best. So it, it's it's odd because you you're saying you you really wanted to move along and get to the rest of the story.
0: I did, but you know, looking at the film as a whole, I, I can agree that of the everything I disliked, I disliked the beginning the least um, because it was just Riddick, and and it was interesting. He's an interesting character to sort of follow along, whether I I, I cared much for him or not. Um, it's interesting. Like you said, getting into his head and thinking how he thinks just a little bit. Yeah. And seeing how he tackles the challenges that are faced before him. And really, it was the characters introduced later in the film that I really did not like.
1: Yeah, okay. like like, But you weren't supposed to like many of the characters.
0: Well, no. But, you know, sometimes you have a good villain who you like to hate. I mean, I didn't feel like there was one of those. There wasn't anybody who... I liked as a good villain. I, there wasn't anybody who I liked as a good sidekick or
1: the, the only two characters I liked besides Riddick and the dog were doll and, um, uh, John's. And you wanted to see, and again, I've, I've already called spoiler alert. I'll call it again. You wanted to see, uh, John's, you know, come to grips with what what he was struggling with with his son, which is this is the part that you kind of missed out on is because right. his son had was a he was an idiot in the first film and he deserved whatever he got. Uh-huh. Uh, and so but this guy doesn't know anything about what happened and he's trying to find out what happened. All he knows is that Riddick was involved and that his son is dead. And so he's trying to figure all this out. But in the end, he, he comes around and, and despite the fact that he's having a struggling with himself and really hates Riddick, he comes around and things are fine. You know, he, 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 he helps save Riddick. Um, and then the other person, I mean, Katie Sackhoff is always fun uh, on screen. I, I don't know if you've ever watched any Battlestar Galactica. No, uh, she was, uh, in the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. She was Lieutenant, uh, Starbuck. And, uh, I, I thought she was I always thought she was fantastic in that role. And uh, despite the fact that I really hate Battlestar Galactica because of the last 15 minutes of the series, um, <laughs> I really like the rest of Battlestar Galactica. And so it was fun to see Katie Sackhoff back on the screen, even if she was playing kind of the same character. Like this was literally uh-huh. Lieutenant Starbuck transposed into uh, the Riddick universe. <laughs> but but it, I don't it, know. Maybe
0: maybe I'd like her more in that context that I didn't like her much here.
1: Okay. Well, I think at first you weren't necessarily supposed to like her. I mean, she was kind of a rough and tumble, but, you know, there's something fun about the whole thing where, you know, you think that she's, you know, about to be uh, in trouble with this, you, you know, this guy who can overpower her, and then in the next scene, you, know, you find out she whooped him, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because he was being an idiot. And uh-huh. uh, I don't know. I, I always think that's kind of fun. So I thought she was fine. I, I, in fact, I thought she was fantastic. I thought she kind of stole the show every time she was uh, on the screen. Uh,
0: I, I thought every time she was on screen, I thought she was trying really hard to steal the show. Hmm. Maybe, maybe that's just. Your familiarity with her and the characters she's played before, and my lack of familiarity with her. Um, I I, I don't know. I I didn't think that the humor that was tried to, uh, that was thrown between her and other characters, uh, was very well done. I, I didn't laugh at all in this movie, Uh, uh, but I don't, I don't know.
1: I, boys, you and I have such different opinions about this. Um, We do. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you, the only reason you cast Katie Sack off in a in a film or in a TV show is if you want a uh, a tough lady in your film, <laughs> and she was certainly that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she was. So, uh, yeah. What was it? You, you said something a minute ago that oh, the humor. The, I actually thought that this film had the best balance of humor of any of the, of all the three, and I enjoyed quite a bit of it. So,
0: it wasn't the balance of humor that bothered me. It was that the humor attempted wasn't very funny.
1: Mm. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. You're, you're, you're entitled to your incorrect opinion.
0: Yes, I am. And I will stick to it. <laughs>
1: okay. As I've already mentioned, I, that, that's kind of all of the likes that I've written down. I think there are others, but that's, that's all I've written down. So I'll kind of move on here and, and help you a little bit on the dislike side. Uh, okay, the, fir- the, the first act is easily, as I mentioned the best, it does kind of you know put its best foot forward, but then it kind of slides downhill and, um, so, uh, it, it was kind of a weak story to explain why this film was disconnected from the previous film. I've already kind of mentioned that and, uh, and we're not, why we're not picking up with the continuation of, uh, you know, of that. Um, and, and here's the big one again. I mean, what is it this summer? This is, uh, is this the third or the fourth film that I've had this complaint about? I can't remember now. I, I've lost track. But, and especially it's frustrating since the previous two films were rated R and they didn't have this problem. And this one's rated R and it does have this problem. And that's the pointless nudity. And it's, it's brief, yeah. it's only for two scenes. Um,. And yet it, it's so frustrating because you can't, you know, you're like, oh, man, now I got to tell people I went and watched a film that had nudity in it. And that's just frustrating. Like, you don't want to be known as that guy. I don't. And yeah. and you can't recommend it to your friends. It's like, um, no, you I, sh- wait and get the clear play version. I, you, can't, you know, you can't. Yeah. Ugh, it's just horrible. Why would, why would they? Do, and, and it was pointless. It served no purpose.
0: It served absolutely no purpose. None.
1: So. Very frustrating. I, well, okay. The first scene of nudity served no purpose. The second one, you you could find, you could sort of justify Well, okay. It was because Riddick pointed out a similarity of something, you know what I'm talking about. And, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm sitting here going, no, that's pretty, That's a pretty tenuous connection to why you had that little quick scene of nudity. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, as much as I like Katie, um, on the whole, I do think that the whole routine of, uh, you know, one of her big things in the film was I don't do guys. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, trying to evoke the whole uh, lesbian thing, although in Uh the end of the film, it brings it into question, but that whole routine is a little bit worn out, I think. Yeah. So anyway, what I I mean, that's all I've got. I mean, I I think that my likes and dislikes kind of cancel each other out.
0: Uh, uh, which makes sense for your rating. (laughs) Um, Something that I noticed about this film, it reminded me a lot of Zack Snyder's 300 visually as far not, – not the creatures or anything, just the landscapes and the sort of brightness of the uh, the planet itself. It reminded me a lot of 300 in the, that sort of almost comic book sort of cinematography and stylization, and I didn't really like it here. I, I don't have a reason – really to justify why I didn't like it it's just not something that appeals to me um and then as far the only really other thing i have to say aside from the music wasn't very good is that uh the dialogue it it, it felt forced at times and they used the f-word so much in this movie
1: well i mean you you went to see a rated R movie what were you
0: expecting a little less gratuitous use of the f-word
1: okay I guess I've I've been jaded by seeing too many R-rated films. I I, I mean I agree in, in the abstract that yeah let's let's tone that down. I mean and I certainly I don't let language like that come out of my mouth. Anybody who knows me knows that I I simply refuse to use uh, immature language like that. But you know you, you were here. you were going to an R-rated film, so
0: I I know I, it just it seemed excessive here. I, I, I yeah I, I, I know what you're saying. I go see R-rated films, and I think, okay, well, there's going to be at least one or two. I guess I'll have to deal with that. But this was just like every other line, it felt like.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Vin Diesel, R-rated. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know what to expect.
0: I should have prepared myself a little bit better for that.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, sorry to subject you to that.
0: Oh, it's whatever.
1: (laughs) Okay. Anything else? I think that's it all right uh well uh all right, so as always uh nudity of any sort in a film uh w- except with with there there are exceptions believe it or not um uh, I, let me try to illustrate the exception uh, that i would ha- take would be um schindler's list have you seen schindler's list it's on my list what is wrong with you everybody i, needs, I don't ever want to see it again, but everybody needs to see it once.
0: Yes, um, it, it's Spielberg, and I definitely have the intention to see it. I just don't own it, and I haven't bought it. There
1: is nudity in that film, but it is not what I would call graphic nudity or or nudity in a, a sexual way or or nudity in that in, in in that sense at all. It's you know, it's these um, starving, emaciated uh, Jews that right. you know, and it's just like part of the. It's part of the thing, you know. This is right. this is uh, showing the starkness and the. The uh, the atrocity that's being committed, uh, so that that would be my exception. So 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 I, I I say that to say that this is my rule then, and there are exceptions to the rule. I'm not stupid, but my rule is if there is nudity in a film of any kind for any reason, with that exception, uh, it takes at least one star off my rating. So I would have I would have given this film three and a half stars because I rather enjoyed the film uh, for what it was, but. I have to give it two and a half out of five stars, and I cannot recommend that you see the film.
0: Okay. Um, I gave it one out of five stars. As I've already mentioned, it might be a different story if I had seen the first two films and had a sort of uh, something else to compare it against. But uh, as I think I made it pretty clear, I didn't enjoy this film, and I don't recommend it to anybody
1: there you go. You enjoyed it far less than I did for sure. IMDb, it's doing a 7.1 out of 10 by the users. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 57% on uh, critics. I failed to write down what it's doing with audiences. Let me let me pull that up real quick. But the critics have uh, given it a 57% approval rating. Sorry, I'm pulling up Rotten Tomatoes. It's always so slow. Here we go. Uh, 66% from the audience is what we're seeing from Riddick on Rotten Tomatoes. So, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, the... Uh, total gross at 27.8 million on a $38 million budget. Eh, hopefully they'll break that next week. I mean, I think I'm sure that's what they're hoping and maybe to get ahead of that a little bit, but, uh, yeah, neither of us can recommend the film. Uh, you certainly, for my part, I enjoyed it well enough that I hope to watch it again with the nudity excised. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I guess that's it. Unless yep. you have anything else.
0: Nope, I'm, I've said enough, I think. <laughs>
1: okay. Next week, we're going to be talking about a film, finally, that you have recommended and want to talk about, uh, and that's yeah. way, way back. I expect you to be lively and to carry the conversation next week, young man. I will do my best. I've seen it
0: three times, so... You going to see it again before we do the show? I very possibly might, because I would
1: love to. Okay. Well, I unless I'm mistaken, I, I did look it up, and it is still playing, as long as it's playing Saturday. I plan to see it on Saturday then that's what we'll talk about next week. Um, which I I was surprised because it's been in the theaters for quite a while. Um,
0: yeah, well, I think this is, we'll talk about it more next week, but I think this is a film that really snuck up on people. Uh, it it didn't get a lot of publicity. Um, not, not as much as other blockbusters this summer did. And it, I, I happened to see it at an early screening about a month before it came out and I loved it. And so I made sure to go and pay money to see it. And I'm really excited to talk about it.
1: Okay. Well, uh, just uh, – we've, we've st- I've started doing something new. I think it's working well. Those of us who ever participate in the Movie by podcast on a regular basis are now on a Trello board where we can kind of discuss and talk about the films and line them up in the schedule. Uh, so next week is The Way, Way Back uh, tentatively. This is all tentative. We can change this at any time. We're not committing to it necessarily. But uh, then the following week on September the 25th, we'll do Prisoners um and then we'll do the family hopefully i think on october the 2nd unless something better comes up i'm not necessarily looking forward to that film but we're in a bit of a dearth right now uh yeah. and then uh, gravity on the fourth and hopefully that's going to be me and you and joe uh cool. joe has wanted to do that and as long as uh long as he's available that's what's going to happen so sounds great that's what's on the schedule for the upcoming uh just so to what you all's appetite so um, let's let's go ahead and uh, tell people, Chad, where they might like to keep up with you on your, uh, you know, you, I don't know why after expressing your opinions the way you're I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, where would people want to keep up with you at?
0: Um, I write my movie reviews um, at MovieByte.com and also at my personal site, ChadLikesMovies.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash chad.hopkins and on Twitter at twitter.com slash chadadada, C H A D A D A D A. I think that's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. It's on the site. Go find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. You can keep up with me uh, at uh, twitter.com slash TJ Draper Pro. You can uh, follow me. Uh, my handle is TJ Draper Pro. Uh, obviously, I write on Movie Bite every week. I do this podcast every week. I do another podcast called The Wrap every week, where at the end of the week, I will take all the stories that I thought were the most interesting on Movie Bite and conglomerate them and, and, and distill them down to their essence, bottle them up for you, package them up, and tie a bow on it and hand it right over to you through your podcast feed uh, in, in if you subscribe to The Wrap. And so I'd highly recommend that you do that. If That's you, awfully nice of you. Yes, yeah, I, I thought it was. So if you enjoyed <laughs> this show, I would, I, I would ask you to please take some time uh, to go rate this uh, show and review it in the iTunes uh, podcast directory. All you have to do is go to iTunes and search for Movie Byte, and we'll come right up. We're the first thing you see. So go over there and uh, give this podcast a rating. You can find our other podcasts there, too. Uh, You might enjoy those. Uh, Michael and Eric just released a new episode of Movieology, so uh, you might want to check that out as well, moviebyte.com slash movieology. Uh, And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm actually going to, uh, hopefully tonight, hopefully record the first episode of a new podcast that I'm doing called The Infrequent Techcast. To kind of scratch an itch that I've, I've had for a while, which is to uh, to talk about and podcast about technology and Apple te- uh, products and things. Um, cool. But I uh, I don't have the time to do it regularly, so th- hence the name Infrequent TechCast. Uh, and you will That's find perfect. that at infrequenttech.com. I just have a placeholder out there now, but hopefully we're going to record an episode tonight, and I'm going to post it out there by tomorrow, I hope. so. Uh, and so by the time you're hearing this, hopefully that'll be live. So check that out too, infrequenttech.com. Well that's it, Chad. Thanks for uh, thanks for seeing a movie you didn't really want to see and reviewing it with me. Oh no problem. Alright. I just cool.
0: like going to the movies, guys.
1: Yeah, no, I do too. That's why yeah. we're doing that's why we're here. Yeah. Alright, well have a good one.
0: Y'all too. Alright, peace. Bye.